Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. We are back, the Dynasty duo. That is Liam at the FSA Tweets, myself, and Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter. It's been two weeks since we've both been together. Uh, we both did a solo pod. That wasn't planned. Um, just a couple of things caught up with either of us in the weeks, unfortunately. But we are back, and um, Rich, do you want to take us through... Uh, the last week of the NFL games, that how did the Jets do? How do you think they did? Is probably the better way to put it. Um, it was just how was you pretty, doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. It was a pretty dreadful week all round, to be honest. It's yeah, a, <laughs> appalling week for me in fantasy. Um, Jets obviously lost a heartbreaker. So yeah, yeah. Let's 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 move on to to week fourteen <laughs> and looking ahead. How, how about you, Liam? Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking to move on. I lost in a bunch of leagues I wanted to win in um, and vice versa. I won in a few leagues where I wanted to lose because of the way that the playoffs work. Um, so, yeah, just not not a great week. And then on top of that, the Packers, um, I mean, the Packers did win against the, the um, Bears, but... I'm worried, and I'm sure we'll cover that a little you're, bit later on. You're you're being humble here, Liam. Let's let's not, you know, still through through the first round of the playoffs in SFB. You know, let's 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 not sweep that under the rug. I'm, That's an, an incredible achievement. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but when you do bring up the Scottish ball that you you uh, fell out of the playoffs in. All right, then... I'm bigging you up. You don't need to uh, <laughs> yeah, start start throwing me under the rug. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm just just want to poke some fun. But anyway, Rich, let's get on to the highest scorers, mate. Um, so for um, any new people, we go through the highest scorers every week. It's four point touchdown for quarterbacks um, or PPR for every other position. No tight end premium. I personally don't like it. Rich is a big fan, but I don't like it. So I, we didn't get it in the show. Um, so starting off at the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts scored nearly 35 points um had um an incredible game against the titans joe burrow came in as qb2 just over 30 points um and then geno smith um with just under 24 points as qb3 rich jalen hurts is it safe to call him um the dynasty qb3 if not in that tier of patrick mahomes and josh allen yeah, absolutely. I think he's, you know, we've talked about it a few times. He's been Dynasty QB3 in my eyes for 
what, six, six, seven weeks? I can't think the exact time scale. But um, yeah, I think the thing that was most impressive for me on Sunday is that he he was incredible from an NFL perspective and a fantasy perspective without the rushing side. Um, I don't know if you've, you've managed to have a chance to watch the game yet, but his ability to complete throws from the pocket was fantastic. Um, you know, it's, it's only the, I think it was the second lowest rushing uh, production in terms of yards he's had all year. He only ran the ball five times, but he was picking apart the Titans. They basically said, right, we're going to load the box. We're going to see if you can beat us outside the numbers down the field. And the Eagles went, yep, we're, we're going to do that. And, you know, I, I was hugely impressed with AJ Brown, who I didn't expect to show that level of being an outside threat. You know, we've always known AJ Brown has been an incredible freak at, you know, that Julio Jones mold, that in-breaking roots, big-bodied physical freak. But to, you know, to be able to run deeper routes outside the numbers and, you know, have impressive nuance to his route running and get open, it, it was amazing. And that's an element of Jalen Hurts that I didn't think existed this time last year. He's shown glimpses of it. But for him to put that together makes me think, OK, this is, you know, we, we, we said earlier in the year, the fact that, you know, he was producing men... I'm now convinced he's going to be the starting quarterback for the next two, three years. I'm now at a point where, you know, Jalen Hurts is starting to be a legitimate weapon from the pocket, not just the rushing production side. And when that starts to all come together, you know, the, the sky's the limit for Jalen Hurts, isn't it? It is. Um, so in terms of rushing yards, he had 12, which is his second worst game on the ground um five attempts so again second worst game in terms of attempts of rushing um he did score that one touchdown on the ground but as you said his passing was incredible he had his highest passing game um in terms of yardage in um this season i'm double checking last season um he was just short of a game week four against kansas city last year um, so he had 380 yards this week um, and 387 in week four last week. So it, it was one of his best games in the air. Um, threw three touchdowns, no interceptions. And as we said at the top, just under 35 points, 34.4. Um, but he's showing that he can do it in the air. He can do it on the ground. We've seen him tear up my Packers um, by going 157 yards on the ground. So... He's got multiple chances or multiple ways he can win and multiple chances of being the QB1. So I I, I can't argue with anyone that has him QB3. Um, I'd argue if you don't have him as QB3 right now, that's where the the, the debates should start, I suppose. Um, moving over to the running back. So we've got Christian McCaffrey with 28.6 points as the running back one on the week. Um I mean, Elijah Mitchell getting injured means that Christian McCaffrey got a lot of um, touches and then it also helped him, I suppose, that Jimmy G got injured, the starting quarterback. Um, We'll come on to that in a bit, but um, that meant that he had 10 targets out of the backfield, which is quite incredible. Um, Running back two this week was Tony Pollard with just under 25 points and then Samar J.P. Ryan again. Um, having a great week without Joe Mixon um, in the lineup with just over 21 points, 21.5. So, Rich, coming back to Tony Pollard, he's a free agent next year. Um, we've spoken about him a few times on the pod during the season. Seems like he keeps coming up. Are we changing our minds that he could be more than a, a, a 1B? I am starting to think about it. I can't. <laughs> I don't know whether you're already flipped or... Wait, I don't know where you sat on that. I feel like we we need to have a conversation about this every week because I feel like there's probably no player in the fantasy world that has a wider range of outcomes in terms of his value going into the offseason as Tony Pollard. I think that Tony Pollard could be, you know, if a team sees Tony Pollard as the bell of the ball and goes out and gives him a, 
a decent free agent contract. If the Cowboys decide, I don't think they will, but if they decide to move on from Zeke and re-sign Tony Pollard, then I think Tony Pollard needs to be talked about as like a fringe RB1 with the way he's producing at the moment. But equally, if you know the, the contract isn't there, if there's plenty of good free agents running backs available this year, if teams decide let's move on from him or let's let's not go out and get him and he ends up signing that sort of 1B type contract, then he's probably going to be ranked in like the RB2, RB3 range. So, yeah, I, I really don't, I can't decide where where I sit on Tony Pollard. If, if you put a gun to my head and said, you need to decide, I'd be saying, I think Tony Pollard's a great sell because I think that the production is going to be there of a fringe RB1 down the stretch. And I think if you can get that top 20 value, then absolutely sell. Um, you know, if you can get a first for Tony Pollard, even if it's a late one, I'd probably do that right now because I am really concerned that I don't think he profiles as a guy that's going to get a massive role and a massive contract in, in the offseason. I mean, the Spotrack do this amazing thing where they have a market value on the, the higher named pending free agents based on kind of NFL comps and their average salary. So they've got Tony Pollard in the Leonard Fournette, James Connor, Austin Eckler range of around sort of seven to eight million a year. I mean, that's 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 a lot of money. You know, we we uh, what six nine months ago we panned the Cardinals for paying James Connor that contract. Now, yes, I think Tony Pollard is a better player than t- James Connor, but I don't think he's a more all round back. And I just think if you're spending eight million on a running back. I don't know if that makes logical sense from a roster construction standpoint. So I'm really concerned about what's going to happen in the offseason. I mean, do you, do you have a gut feel? Do you have a way you'd lean on him at the moment? No, um, I, I struggle with him because he's just looking at the production of both him and Zeke. Zeke's still been productive both on the ground and... Um, and in the end zone, I mean, Zeke's got eight touchdowns um, all on the ground. Pollard's got 10 split between eight on the ground and two in the air. So um, I think a major thing people probably aren't considering is the fact that a lot of his production is coming from um, touchdowns, but he's still being effective um, and efficient throughout the through, through his yardage, both um, in the air and on the ground. So... Personally, I think that he's probably going to fall into that 1B role um, next year. Maybe he'll still get that 6 to 8 mil price tag and whoever is bringing him in um, brings in a rookie as well to to kind of cheapen up that that backfield room. But yeah, I, I think an underrated aspect with Tony Pollard is he's already 25. He'll be going, he'll be 26 um, going into next season, if not during the season. So I think people, because he's always been that young back that hasn't been at the forefront of the Cowboys' backfield, people still think that he's still really young. But running backs at 25, 26 in the dynasty community, there's no higher value than when they're at 25, 26. Like we can point to Derrick Henry all we want and say Derrick Henry's been really good throughout his career. He's he's what, twenty eight, twenty-nine, um, and still producing ridiculously well. But he's probably the only one that has kept his value. And even then you could argue that it's gone down a little bit. Um, every other running back at twenty five, twenty six, that is that is peak value unless they do something incredible. Um, which we don't tend to see. So personally, if I can get first for him, I'm selling um, and trying to pick up a, a running back from the, the rookie draft. Um, Rich, moving over to the wide receivers, we've got Devontae Adams, a, a name we all know um, as wide receiver one with 37.7 points and then um, a tied for a second and third. So that's Amon Rasson Brown and AJ Brown. Um, both with 31.9 points. 
AJ Brown with a revenge game against the Titans, Amar Rasen Brown with multiple touchdowns, um, like AJ Brown as well, actually. So um a lot of things to go through there. But Devontae Adams, Rich, what are you doing with him? Because he's he's nearly 30. We have no idea what that offense is going to look like next year, whether Derek Carr is still going to be there. Um, so he, he's a tough one to kind of value right now. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about with the running back value versus production metric and there's, you know, there's they're undervalued as, as kind of rookies. They start to produce. They then get to a point where they're overvalued. That's the point to sell. They're then their value declines greatly and their production outweighs their value just at sort of mid to end of their career. And that's the point at which you kind of start to acquire again. And it's similar with wide receiver, but it's obviously pushed kind of towards the end a little bit more. I think with Devontae Adams, as you said, he's 30. I have said multiple times, and I feel like I'm saying this a lot. I, I think that there's going to be changes at quarterback in, in the Raiders offense this year. I'd, I know they're winning a few games now, but I'd still be shocked if they bring back the, the entire band again next year. And if Devontae Adams is 30 on the Raiders or potentially they trade him to another team. Come with back an to un- the Packers, unknown... That's not happening. Um, <laughs> with an unknown at quarterback, I think his value is going to plummet. And I think his value is going to plummet very quickly when we tick over into the off season. And so it was, I, I was talking in my DLF article this week about how this is kind of your last opportunity to buy the injury dip on players. So it's a good opportunity to go out and buy Trey Lance and Javante Williams, because in five weeks time we'll be in the off season. And so those, there won't be an injury dip because there's, there's no loss of production. So maybe that's, the reverse of that is well with like a Devontae Adams and you know you can probably throw in like a Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill or people like that in that mix of aging player and is this the last window to sell? Because as soon as we tick over into off season mode, Devontae Adams stops being Devontae Adams wide receiver one and starts being thirty year old wide receiver. So I just wonder if you know, it's, it's a good time that we've already, I'm sure in playing your leagues, you've got contenders starting to tool up, starting to throw picks around for that final piece. So maybe if you're not a contender, maybe now is the time to be looking to move on from Devontae Adams. If you are a contender, can you, you know, pay up a little bit to go from Devontae Adams to AJ Brown? You know, can you add a second round pick to Devontae to go and get an AJ Brown, which for me from Dynasty would make a fantastic move, but you're not getting that massive step back in terms of production right now yeah i I love that and it's retooling rather than rebuilding isn't it that so um i I can't argue with anything you've just mentioned there rich so we'll just move straight over to the tight end so we've got um cade otten who is the tight end one with 14.8 points that i need to go back and do the research because that's got to be the lowest um, felt like a low one felt like a low scoring week across the board. I don't know if it's just because all my teams did terribly this week, but yeah, yeah it's I... probably that I thought it was high scoring at every other position. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, tight end one was Kate Otten with 14.8 points. Greg Dulcich with um, 14.5 points as tight end two and then tight end three, all really close. Um, Noah Fant, 14.2 points. Rich coming back to Greg Dulcich. Um He's flashed, but we have no idea what that offense actually looks like in a year's time because we don't know what Russell Wilson's going to look like. Um, I suppose some people are still holding out hope. I still think that he's got something, but I have no idea what that something could be um, and whether it is a a massive step forward to being elite again. Um, So do you think Greg Dorsich kind of continues with this kind of trajectory where he's kind of hit and miss or do you think that he can grow into something more? Yeah, I think, I think it depends really on what your league thinks about Greg Dolchich because, you know, I, I was high on him in the off season. I really liked him in that post draft process. He was obviously injured to start the year. He then had the, those three great weeks, his first three weeks in the NFL. And 
you know, we were very quick as a dynasty community to anoint him as the, the next great hope. You know, he was he was up at tight end seven in ADP. Um in in DLF's November ADP. He was going ahead of Pat Fryer move ahead of Dalton Schultz, like feels slightly mind blowing when you say that it was only sort of a month ago. Um <laughs> And then he had three bad weeks and it sort of felt like people were ready to to cast him into the fire. I think, yes, you know, that, that isn't a great situation in terms of, I think we're going to see a new head coach. Spoiler for later in the episode, Russell Wilson isn't going anywhere. But we talk about rookie tight ends being, a, you know, don't overreact, don't panic. If they don't produce, it is the hardest position to come in and learn because you're having to basically learn two positions. Be patient with the rookie tight ends. And and then we're we're so quick to throw people like Trey McBride, you know, off to one side and anoint Greg Dolchich the, the next great thing. So yeah, I, I think look, it's only really positive when a guy is producing as a rookie, and yes, he's gonna be a bit hit and miss. It's fantastic for him. And I think that if you've got Greg Dolchich shares, I wouldn't be selling on the cheap. You know, yes, if someone wants to come and overpay and give me a, you know probably what an early second a fringe a late first I'd, I'd absolutely take that even in a Titan premium league but I think when a rookie is you know a tight end is is in that rookie year he's going to be boom bust and I think that the fact that Greg Dolchich has now had more good weeks than bad weeks is is only a positive yeah um my biggest concern is what that offense looks like next year um but at the same time, I think the biggest question mark around the offense is Russell Wilson and whether he can step up. But we're not going to know that until game or week one next year, basically. So um, Dorsey himself, I wasn't too high on coming out of um, college. I think he was my tight end four, maybe in this class, maybe a little bit lower than that. Um, but yeah, I. I still like him as a prospect. I don't think I'd pay a second for him right now. I think that's probably what you're going to have to pay, a late second. But I, I don't think I could bring myself to it just because of my philosophy on tight ends where I'll just play it like redraft until I can get an elite tight end that's just going to sit there in that spot um, every week. So, Rich, let's move over to the um, significant news First of all, um, news that broke just before the um, pod went live. The Cowboys apparently have concerns that OBJ, um, that is Odell Beckham Jr., for those that aren't aware of the acronym, um, that he he's not fully healed or he hasn't progressed enough from the ACL tear in the um, Super Bowl. So... Um, by the looks of it, the Cowboys are pretty uncertain whether he'd even play before mid-January. And I know that a, a lot of people, including OBJ, would probably um, refute that. But if the Cowboys are pretty wary on him, is well, I don't think we're concerned about? Are we that shocked? He tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. We talk about an ACL being I'm a year injury. Not. Yeah, But I and know I a lot of that... hype has gone into him around the past few weeks that he's probably going to come back get signed and come back and play immediately and i don't see it i've never got my head around this thing about i think it's because of the name value and you know the fact that he carried that stardom after the the catch but i think that he's going to be great for a team like the cowboys and stuff next year and beyond and yeah if you're going to make a late playoff run and maybe he can help you in that but if you're expecting obj to come in and solve all your woes in season you know, there's a reason why there was rumours oh, he's going to sign after Thanksgiving and then it, immediately the next day it was, oh, he's going to go on a two-week tour of teams. It's like, yeah, he, he can probably practice, he can probably get out there, but he's not going to be the Odell Beckham we saw in that Rams playoff run last year. He's going to take a little bit of time and I think that teams, if you're if you're expecting anything from him on your fantasy teams this year, I think... You can you can very much put that to bed. I think it's it's a next year and beyond um, kind of proposition. Which let's get into some actual news because I don't know that both of us probably didn't think that was proper news. Um, so first of all, we'll start with the quarterbacks because it's probably the most important position um, in fantasy and 
definitely on the field. Uh, we had a couple of injuries this week, which didn't look great. So Lamar Jackson, he was declared out during the game with a knee injury. Um, after the game, it was mentioned that he's week to week, so he's probably not going to play for week 14. Um, so the backup there is Tyler Huntley. We've seen him have great weeks of like 35 points, I think his ceiling was one week. Um, but he's also had games where he's had five points. So he, he is massively volatile. Um, and Lamar could be out, maybe even stretching into that playoff run um, for your fancy teams. I think this is, as, as someone that owns a lot of Lamar Jackson, I think this is probably hard to say. But I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see him again until week 18. I think that the Ravens are going to think long-term with this. I don't think they're necessarily going to panic and rush him back. They've got a good enough team and a good enough quarterback that they can probably scrape together one or two wins. I don't know what their schedule is like. I've not got it in front of me. But um, they can probably scrape together one or two wins over the next four weeks to get, to secure that playoff spot. Yes, I think we can probably announce that the um, division is gone. I think that the Bengals are probably going to take that division from them. But what, 10, 10 wins probably is enough for them to make the playoffs as a wild card? And In I think the AFC, that, I'd probably say they needed a little bit more, maybe 11. Well, you've got, you've got the 12. Jets. The Jets are the seven seed at the moment with seven wins. And then you've got the, the Chargers and the Pats on six wins. So suppose, I, yeah. I think 10 mm. wins is probably going to be enough to get you in. They've got, I'm just looking at their schedule. They've got the Steelers, the Browns, the Falcons, the Steelers, Steelers then the Bengals. So, you know, I reckon they're good enough to potentially split the Steelers and beat the Falcons. And that's two, that's your two wins. That's your 10 wins. Then you've got your playoff spot. I can't see them rushing Lamar Jackson. Um, Dr. Gene Bramble of Football Guys was saying that he reckons week 16 to week 17 to for when Lamar comes back. Now, if I'm playing from a fantasy perspective, I don't feel comfortable starting Lamar Jackson in my fantasy final, potentially. So if you're a Lamar Jackson holder, GM, and you've not got a potentially suitable alternative... Maybe the move is to see if you can pivot from Lamar to, you know, can you add a second to go and get Jalen Hurts? Can you, you know, potentially move to a Joe Burrow or a Justin Fields or someone like that? And, you know, yeah, it's probably going to hurt Dynasty value. I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't move a tier below that. But I would potentially look to pivot. And this is, I've changed. One of my patrons asked me this yesterday. And I was like, "Don't panic, explore a sell, but but you know, don't don't overreact." And I think now perhaps you need to be a little bit more proactive, and maybe you need to look at alternative because I don't think you're going to have Lamar Jackson for the next two three weeks at least. So, Rich, moving on, but staying on the quarterback injuries, um, Jimmy Garoppolo broke his ankle during the game this week, so he's out for the rest of the season. Um, I know that I traded for him in a few leagues to be my QB3 during bye weeks um, and then was hoping to take him into the playoffs just in case I needed him. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, he's that's probably his 49er career done and dusted. Um, so it's a potential... It's a lot of unknown, shall we say. Um, moving over to Tua Tagovailoa, so he was declared out during the game um, with an ankle injury, but he was he was actually cleared to come back in, um, and he's already been announced to start in week fourteen. Um, again, Rich, are you worried about Tua at all? He's already been announced to start. I I'm personally not because he was cleared to come back in immediately um, in this game. I wanted to have a tour conversation. I put him on the show sheet initially, and then I took him off because I was like, everyone's just going to think that I'm bashing on tour. I'm really concerned about tour without Teron Armstead. Um, if you look at it, he was far more inaccurate on Sunday than he's been in, at any point this year. 
And I think a lot of that was that he, he started to get footsteps. And I think that I don't know what the prognosis is on Armstead, but to me, yes, two, two is two is back. That's great. I think if you've got him, you're probably starting him in any Superflex league. But I'm a little bit nervous because I do think that he is he is a different quarterback when there is him feeling pressure, should we say? So, Rich, um, we've got Cortland Sutton on this list. He was ruled out with a hamstring injury in uh, week 13, so he is extremely volatile going into week 14. We don't know what that looks like. Um, then moving up to the running back position, we've got Kenneth Walker, um, again, ruled out with an ankle injury during the game. Um, he could sit a few weeks, but he could also play at a push. So I'm break, seeing. I was going to say breaking news. They've just signed Wayne Gorman to the practice squad. So to me, that well, that's says not very good. That means that Kenneth Walker, because I know they've got a few others. I know Travis Homer's injured. I know DJ Dallas is struggling a bit. Um, and obviously, Tony Jones left the game on Sunday. So the fact they've added a running back, I think that means that they're probably struggling a little bit come Sunday. Um, and then Joe Mixon, he was held out of the Week 13 games. He didn't clear concussion proto- uh, protocol, but he could be back in Week 14. Just something to monitor there that it wasn't a lingering, or it wasn't a lingering issue, but it wasn't um, something that is like a soft tissue injury where it comes back and goes. Um, a concussion's completely unpredictable, so we don't know whether he's actually going to come back, but um, a lot of concussions do clear within the first week of um, happening. Some final bits of news. If you didn't know the fantasy playoffs in majority of leagues, um, majority of normal leagues, unless you've got some weird fantasy playoffs going on, um, ha- are starting next week's so week 15. So that means that this is your last week to try and squeeze in or improve your seed, however that situation is for you. Um, And then the bye weeks for this week as well, the Packers, the Commanders, the Colts, the Falcons, the Bears and the Saints. So if you are trying to squeeze into the fantasy playoffs, yeah, you you have got a very tough situation to be in potentially. I know that one of my leagues um, that we're in, Rich, um, I have been decimated and I'm trying to squeeze into the playoffs into one of the lower seeds. So, um, and I'm going to trade some running fun. backs. I'm going to trade some running backs to the team you're playing just to knock you out. So, yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, so moving over to the dynasty stock market, Rich, take us through who you've got as the high, the risers and the fallers for this week. Okay, so he he was here last week. He's back again. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've read the show sheet, Liam, so I'm going to try and hope that you, you know, maybe you can play along and pretend you don't. If we were to take Garrett Wilson's games with any other quarterback, not named Zach Wilson, how high do you think he would be in fantasy points per game? I am sorry. I've already seen the show sheet and I've I've seen it. Um, I will say I don't know the points per game, but I know the rank um, because I was quite shocked by the rank. So, so his his numbers in the five games, that's three with Joe Flacco, two with Mike White. He's averaging 11 targets a game, 6.2 receptions, 94.2 yards and 0.8 touchdowns, which is good for 20.42 points per game, which would be the wide receiver six. To give you an idea of how mental those numbers are, if you prorated those numbers over the year, that would be the second best rookie wide receiver season ever, just behind Jamar Chase's obscene season last year. And and let's let's not pretend that this is like some elite quarterback. That's Joe Flacco, who is at the end of his career, and Mike White, who's a you know a fifth, I want to say fifth round draft pick. That's I think on his fifth team. Like, yeah, they're they're scrubs. Like that just shows you how first of all how bad Scrub. Zach Wilson is but how incredible Garrett Wilson has been. And maybe I'm being slightly pie in the sky and hopeful, but I think the Jets are going to see an upgrade at quarterback. I think they're going to be aggressive and go and get somebody that's going to be a big upgrade on Mike White and Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. And I think that, look, Garrett Wilson, 
he's 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 now my wide receiver five in Dynasty. He's I've got Jefferson Chase here. Wow. I've got the AJ Brown CD Lambs here. I would take him straight up over Jalen Waddle. I would take him straight up over T Higgins, DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, Amaros St. Brown. I think that the wow. guy is incredible. Yes, I'm slightly biased as a Jets fan, but I'm normally more critical on Jets players than any other players. I watch them every week. And I just think that the guy is is built different. His ability to separate all over the field, both, you know, you, we, we talk about route runners as being able to separate either early in the down or late in the down. Garrett Wilson can do it at every point of the route. And I think that that is an incredible talent that I, I, I'm, I'm all in on. And I think that I, I love Garrett Wilson. He was my wide receiver one in the class. I think he was yours as well, Liam. I think it was. Yeah, sky's sky's the limit. I'm super excited, and I think that you know, if you can tell me he he'd be the wide receiver six, I appreciate it's a small sample size, five games, but this this offense is is going through him, and for a rookie, let's listen. He's not got you know jokes lining up opposite him at wide receiver. You know, Elijah Moore was fantastic last year. Corey Davis never lived up to the draft hype, but is a competent NFL number two receiver and Garrett Wilson has put them all on the you know the back benches and and he's looks like an absolute star and I think that if you can react now and you can still buy in you know it's probably going to cost you a fair old bit but yeah I, I think that he is a true superstar and I just don't think that the the rest of the community the, the league has has quite realized that yet no, I'm, I'm completely with you. I think that he's probably one of the guys that I'm looking, if I've got a Devontae Adams, to try and, excuse me, try and um, move down to. So um, I, I'm just surprised that you put him over Chris Olave, to be honest, because I know that Olave was your guy. Um, I know that you like Wilson as well, uh, but you talked about they're... Olave a lot more, even though that it were ranked. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're... Like Wilson well... over Olave in the rookie process anyway. It's... They're in the same tier. Wilson, Waddle, and Alave are all in the same tier. They're all within a fifth round pick of each other in terms of value. So it is wafer thin between the three of them in terms of who I would have. So let's not pretend like it's I've got Wilson miles ahead of Alave. They they are all very close. Let's be honest, you you'd love to roster any three of them, but I just think that Definitely. yeah, it's, it's it's I think that Garrett Wilson is a superstar, and I think that. You know, we talk about someone like Jamar Chase being unobtainable in terms of trying to trade for him and Justin Jefferson, and I think that Garrett Wilson is getting there, but I think this is possibly your last last opportunity to go and buy. I think you're a little bit ahead of the curve um, with him being wide receiver five in Dynasty. I think you could probably still get him for less, but I do think oh, absolutely. that is that is definitely the ceiling in terms. Oh, I'm not of... paying. When I'm saying go and get him, I'm not I'm not paying wide receiver five prices because I don't think you have to. You know, I'm looking at okay, it's a bit outdated, but DLF ADP from November, he's wide receiver eighteen. Um, you know, if I can move from a Michael Pittman in a second, if I can do Debo in a second, or you know, Amon Ross in Brown in a second, those are all the type of moves that I'm doing. Um because I think that that's we're going to see a tier separate there. I think that the interesting point, and I might want to do an entire episode on this, Rich, but rookie wide receivers this year have been much better than was advertised going into the year. I think that a lot of people thought that there was going to be, you had the top five, or if it was you, top six, um, and... But people kind of only expected a few of them to hit, and that that's playing the odds. That's what we always do, playing the playing the possibility, the chances. But when we look at this class, so many of this class have had a top twenty-four or even a top twelve week. It's incredible how good this class has been. It's not been consistent, but it has been or has had that ceiling that I don't think many, if any, really thought this class would have. I mean, look at Christian Watson, wide receiver three over the past four weeks. I mean, we can get into him all we want. I'm going to call him a sell right now, but um, I'll go into that at another point. There's, I mean, there's, there's so seven players. There's seven legitimate receivers that have flashed. You've got 
you know, we talked about Garrett Wilson, we I'll talked about Chris Olave. Drake, Drake London flashed early in the year. Traylon Burks has flashed recently in the last couple of weeks. Okay, he, you know, he's he's that horrific hit on Sunday. George Pickens has, has absolutely flashed. Jahan Dotson, whilst he hasn't had, you know, the the volume numbers, can't stop scoring touchdowns. Christian Watson, as you said, is is flashing in a big way, and that's just the seven. Jameson Williams got on the field for the first time on Sunday. Romeo Dobbs has, has shown, you know, flashes. It's it's insane that I mean you could easily say there's missed there. Sorry, two guys that you missed there. Wondell Robinson before he got injured was being peppered yeah, with targets. Alec Pierce, who has had incredible night, boom didn't weeks. Like we could go on about this rookie wide receiver class. I don't think we can right now, but we could just keep going on with all these names and how well they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean that's you know ten potential guys that have flashed, and you'd expect some of them to regress and not become kind of reliable fantasy options moving forward. But you know that that was supposed to be a bad bad rookie class last year, and look at it now. You know we're talking about the tight ends. We, we've got two potential stud running backs. You can throw in Damian Pierce and people like that, and you know the the quarterbacks were light, but. You know, all it takes is Desmond Ridder or Malik Willis to flash in spot start duty at the end of the season, and suddenly we could have what could be a historic rookie class. So, Rich, you mentioned Jamison Williams. Um, someone else from the Lions is on your risers list. Do you want to take us through who that is? Yeah, so it's Jared Goff. So I have been operating with the assumption that the Lions move on from Jared Goff at the end of the year. The, the kind of guarantees in the contracts are up. I think most of the NFL and most of the dynasty community have been operating to the same assumption. I now don't know if that is 100% the case. If I guess a lot depends on what's going to happen with this Rams pick. You know, if that Rams pick can come up and end up being a, a top two potential pick and they can get one of those top couple of guys in the draft, then great. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm just starting to fall out of love with this this quarterback class. And yeah, it's early days, and I've I've not dove dove in in terms of full detail. But I just don't know if there's a quarterback that is better than Jared Goff, who is playing fantastic football right now. If you look at EPA per play, which okay, it's an offense stat rather than the quarterback stat. He is third in EPA per play when he has Amon Ross and Brown on the field. Like, that is mind-blowing. If you add in the fact that he's about to get Jameson Williams back, I just think that Jared Goff is playing some really good football right now. And I don't know if the Lions are going to want to take a massive step back at the quarterback position by bringing in one of these rookies. So... I think Jared Goff has now played himself into a position where he could be a starter next year. Whether that's on the Lions or whether that's somewhere else, I think it's an interesting point. You know, could Jared Goff, as a Jets fan, I feel like I'm about to throw up saying this, but could he be the answer for the Jets as a cheap free agent? Imagine if you could get Jared Goff with Garrett Wilson and exactly. we've, we've seen him absolutely produce or be able to provide the production for um, Amon Ross and Brown, multiple wide receivers, including TJ Hawkinson, I suppose you could put in there. I mean, DeAndre Swift has been doing well. I'm not saying Jared Goff has particularly directly helped DeAndre Swift, but in terms of when you've got a good quarterback or a competent quarterback, your running backs can do well. So imagine what Brees Hall can do with a competent quarterback. Exactly. And, you know, we we always talk about you need three or four quarterbacks in a Superflex league. Well, Jared Goff's probably costing you, what, what do you think, Liam, a mid-second right now? I think the person that has him, and I have him in a good few spots, wouldn't want to let him go for a single second. Okay. And I but... think that's because of the upside he's been giving recently in terms of he's been a QB top five QB multiple times this season. I'm just getting up the stats. He's, I mean, he's, Q, um, he's QB 17 on the season, so he is a rock solid QB 2. 
Now, if exactly. he's your if he's your third quarterback on a dynasty roster, you're in a really good spot there. And I just think that, you know, I've, we talked, I can't remember if it was last week or three weeks ago or whenever we did, but we talked about there's like 19 quarterbacks that I'm confident are going to be a starting quarterback next year. Jared Goff's not in that 19, but he, he might be 20 on that list. And yeah. I think that he's now playing well enough that whether he's the starter on the Lions or whether he's the starter elsewhere, I'm beginning to really think that he's not done as an NFL starting quarterback. Whereas I, I had that opinion two months ago. Um, so yeah, I, I think that he could be a potentially a sneaky buy. Maybe, maybe you wait until the season's finished. The lions get obviously that Rams pick, which could be like a top three pick. And then all the quarterback to the rat to the Lions hype starts, and maybe that's when you go and pounce and buy Jared Goff on on the cheap when someone thinks, oh, he's not got a starting job next year. So the Rams pick currently is one hundred and four, according to the Tankathon um, website. Which I don't know whether there are four quarterbacks that are going to go one, two, three, four in this class. I don't think there will be. Um, there's going to be two quarterbacks that's going to go one, two. To be honest, so. Oh, that's that could be spicy. Um, Will Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, I think, are legit in terms of that. And I've I've got I'm starting to fall out of love with Young and Stroud, and I don't think they're necessarily the the lock one and two that most people would have you believe. Put it that way. Right before we get into that and <laughs> start talking about the next rookie class, Rich, let's move over to the fallers. Who have you got uh, as fallers after the week thirteen? Yeah, I'm conscious we're we're going very very long, um, and exactly. I've still not got I've still not got to my player of the week that I want to rant on. So <laughs> you really um, want to talk about? So yeah, I'll keep this quick. Cordero Patterson hurts me to say it, but he is an absolute faller. He's not broken 12 points in the last four games. He's basically not being utilised as an offensive weapon anymore. He's seen eight targets across the last four games. He's he's basically just a first first and second down plodder. Um, which is something I never thought he'd be used or described as. Um, but yeah, he, he's not the you know great flex play that I hoped and many people hoped he would be moving down the air. Yeah, um, he's currently splitting carries with um, Tyler Algier. He's not had more than 11, no more than 13 um, carries since week four. Obviously, he had four weeks during that period where he was injured um but he's not had more than 13 carries since week four which is incredible um considering we're all hyping him up to the, be this guy that was going to basically be the bell cow in this offense um maybe that changes a little bit coming out of the bye um Rich, do you think Desmond Ridder's going to get a shot there? I personally think if they don't, I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing because Mariota's called, not giving them a chance to win. I called Ridder as a he's going to start soon after week two. So, yeah, I, I, I then doubled down it, I think, after week nine. So, look, I, I've, I can't believe that they're going to go the whole year with Mariota as starting quarterback. Surely it's got to be Ridder at some point. I thought it was going to be Ridder pretty early on as well. Um, but I did say if if it gets to the bye, um, I can't see them playing Mariota after the bye um, unless they're in playoff contention. And I suppose they are, but I don't think they're going to get there. Um, but Rich, who else is a faller? And then we'll move on to your player of the week because you're itching to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, so again, I'll, I'll keep it quick. So Michael Pittman, not broken 20 points since week six. Um, I know there was some hype early in the season that he was a top five dynasty receiver. I know there was um, some people were saying they'd have... There was hype. I I hyped. I said wide receiver one. I never said top (laughs) five. There was people that I I heard and read that were saying Pittman over Lamb, which I could never get on board with. I I thought Pittman was going to have a really good year with Matt Ryan, and I thought he was going to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. Hold my hands up. He he has absolutely not been that. He's as I said, he's not broken twenty points since week six, and I think he's he's got to be a fooler because what the hell are the Colts going to do at quarterback next year? Like, are they, there's are they been gonna... rumors that Andrew Luck has regretted his decision to retire, and that's that's, that's 
I, I that, can report that. That's, that's just that's tongue absolute, of the cheek. That's, abs- that's absolute bollocks. There's no way that Andrew <laughs> Luck is coming out of retirement after was it five years since he's five six years since he yeah, retired. Five, we get this rumor every off season because the Colts <laughs> are desperate for a quarterback. It's like, yeah, you know, Chris Ballard is held up as the the best GM in the league, yet he can't find answers at left tackle, quarterback, edge rusher, corner. Like, come on, if you if you're good, go and earn your money. And yeah, another year, another question at quarterback. So I worry that Pittman's going to um, yeah burn away on on another poor roster next year. Which player of the week, I'm just going to open the floor to you and let you talk about your guy. So my my guy, I'm not sure I ever want this guy to be described as my guy. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's Russell Wilson, okay? we I got a lot of things wrong in the offseason when it comes to veteran quarterbacks, okay? I will hold my hands up. I called Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, one of the best buys in Dynasty. I said he was dirt cheap. I got that wrong. I said the same with Matt Stafford, got that wrong. We absolutely nailed Russell Wilson, okay? We said that he declined in that last year in Seattle, and I was convinced that he wasn't going to be a superstar, and the Denver Broncos paid him like it. However, he has been terrible this year, but I think the hate has now gone too far, okay? We talk a lot about contracts and, you know, I love I love diving into contracts and when players can be released. The Denver Broncos cannot get out of the Russell Wilson contract without paying an obscene amount in dead cap hit until 2026, okay? That means that Russell Wilson is guaranteed to be the starting quarterback for at least two years, but realistically three. The Broncos are tied to him. How many quarterbacks in the NFL can you legitimately say are going to be tied to their team for the next two, three years? It's probably about 10. Okay. Now I saw Russell Wilson get traded for one second round pick in a Superflex league last week. I'm sending out offers if that's the case. (laughs) Yeah. I think, look, I don't think Russell Wilson is ever going to be a top 12 quarterback ever again in terms of dynasty value, in terms of, his production on a year-to-year basis. But if you can tell me I can have Russell Wilson as a QB3, and that's basically where he's being valued at the moment, I think, then I'm I'm really interested. I'm really intrigued. I think that this has been a down year. I think this has been a bit of a joke. I think Nathaniel Hackett has been found out slightly. I think things are only going to improve next year. And, yeah, I I just think that he could be, as much as I don't think he's ever going to be great, he could be a really sneaky, cheap buy now because I wonder if people are just like, you know what, Russell Wilson, I can't start him. I'm done with him. I see it. I mean, I will put my hands up and say that I had him higher than you um, in the offseason. Um I thought that this Denver Broncos offense was going to actually be productive is probably the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I I genuinely thought that he would not carry on straight from Seattle, but he would just take a little bit of a dip and then get back up and and, and not be, I suppose, fully elite, but still have that potential every week. And he, as, as you said, hasn't shown that. So um, I do think it's interesting at calling, him, calling him like a sneaky buy, considering that I'm looking at his cap numbers now. Um, 2025 is the first year where they can start saving cap. And that's still taking off $50 million on as dead cap. They they would only save about six million, and you aren't going to find a replacement for Russell Wilson for six million dollars. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that it's it's an incredible situation, and I think if you can buy low for a second, I'm smashing the the Russell Wilson side on that every day of the week because there's not going to be many unless that the Broncos just decide to get out from Russell Wilson and just blow up their entire season, which 
if a GM does that, I think that they're basically saying fire me because you're you're saying no to sale ticket sales and everything else. I think that he he's going to stick around, as you said, for the next three years. And there's not many quarterbacks you can say, even with his pro- production right now. Even if you that like they, you know, he was so bad that they were like, right, let, we we have to get rid of him. They even if they posted him as a post June first um, cut, so they're spreading the cap across two years. They wouldn't save any money until they cut him after the twenty twenty four season. If they cut him next year, it would cost them an extra seventeen million in cap hit, rather compared to his cap number. So he's he, he's not going anywhere no. until at least two years, if not three. And I just think that. You know, this offseason at the quarterback and the running back position is going to be absolute carnage. There is going to be so much, some players that you have got on your roster that are just going to lose value overnight because there are some great running back free agents. Quarterback, you know, we talk about Derek Carr, we talked about a few others. It's going to be all over the place in terms of value. If you can buy certainty at the quarterback position on the cheap, you know, I talked about Kenny Pickett in one of my DLF articles a couple of weeks ago. Because, yes, whilst he's not sexy, whilst he's not let things up, he's been solid, he's got some upside, and he is going to be the starter in Pittsburgh for the next two years. The same can be said about Russell Wilson. And I just think that if you can get him on the cheap, maybe, maybe he's he's the guy. You know, we talked about Jared Goff being a dirt cheap dart throw. I think Russell Wilson is is absolutely that. So, Rich, I'm going to quickly speed through my player and then we'll get into flex off. So um, my player of the week is Rashad White and I'm about to take a massive um, step back and hold my hands up. I think I'm wrong massively on Rashad White. So in, um, in my rookie rankings this year, I had Rashad White as my... Um, I'm double checking. I think that's fifth, but I want to say I had him lower than that. Eighth, eighth running back behind Tyrion Davis, Price, Isaiah Spiller, Zavir White, Brian Robinson, James Cook, Kenneth Walker, and then Brees Hall as number one. Um, I was massively down on Rashad White. I just didn't like the tape. Um, and I remember a lot of people, including yourself, Rich, commenting at the time saying that I was massively low on him. Um, I just couldn't figure out a way to get him higher in the rankings. And he's proving me wrong completely right now. He's had 17 receptions over the past two, or oh, 17 targets, sorry, over the past two weeks. He's been the running back nine and 10 in both in, in those two weeks. Um, this week, he combined for 16.9 points. Um, a lot of that is coming through the air. So they are using him in the air, which is what a lot of people expected for the whole season. Um, and it's kind of taken to this point for him to to get there. But at the same time, he's still getting the carries. He had nine carries this week, um, while Leonard Fournette had 10. So he's splitting that backfield now coming out of the buy-in week 11 when he had those carries, those 22 carries in week 10, Rich, against the Seattle defense, he went for 105 yards. I know that I am kind of preaching to the choir here because you liked um, Rashad White a lot more than I did coming out. But I just, I think that he's a weird case right now because Leonard Fournette, um, I need to go and look at his contract. You might know off the top of your head, Rich, but um, he's got, he might they, not be there. He's tied. Year. He's tied oh, in next year, tied. so they, they can save one million. Off, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so it may be wrong, but I believe they can save one million from um, cutting him next year. So he's he's probably not going to get... I think it's about eight million cap hit and seven million in guarantees. Uh, yeah, so I think they save a little bit more than one mil, but it's not, not a lot and not enough to uh, replace Leonard Fournette or uh, Rich. Rashad White, so um, I think he's an interesting case because this breakout party is kind of 
come at a time where you probably can't trade for him right now because his price has gone up. Um, but I'm just here to hold my hands up and say I was wrong on Rashad White because he does look like he's, he is the part. Um, and maybe they start phasing Leonard Fournette out um, going into next year, depending on whatever that situation is with Brady. Yeah, who, know, who knows what's going to happen over there. So, Rich, let's get into the flex off. So, obviously, for the past two weeks, because we've been doing solo pods, we haven't done the flex off. So, a reminder, the standings are five and five. We're all tied, Rich, um, going into week 14. Um, who have you got as your flex off player for this week? For those of you that don't know, um, it's this is a competition, just friendly competition between myself and Rich, where we go head to head each week and we pick a player in flex consideration um, just to put some rules around it. No top 36 wide receivers, no top 24 running backs, and no top 12 tight ends um, by the Fancy Pros um, expert consensus rankings. And as it's flex or super flex, there's no quarterbacks involved. Else we'd just pick quarterbacks every week. So, Rich, who do you have as your flex off player for this week? So I'm going with Dante Foreman. He's running about 33 on the week. Um, I, he's he's back healthy apparently. Um, he's he's been pretty good when he's he's got the opportunity. Um, and I just think that he's going to get hopefully. A decent um, workload um, in what's not an, an awful matchup. Well, I say it's not an awful matchup. Seahawks are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed, so it's a fantastic matchup. Um, and I just hope that the Panthers can keep it close enough for him to get the workload. So, yeah, I think he's a, a decent sneaky play this week. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't see um foreman outside of the top 24 i kind of just assumed he was i know that before the show we both went to bam um bam night of the uh <laughs> of your new york jets um but unfortunately he's inside that top 24 so my player for this week is donovan peoples jones he's wide receiver 37 just outside of the cutoff um deshaun watson's back although he didn't have a great game um i think that Donovan Peoples-Jones can go off on any given week. I think that with um, with Deshaun Watson, that ceiling then becomes a little bit higher. And I do wonder what that ceiling is. They're going up against the Bengals, which isn't a great matchup for wide receivers um, this season for fantasy points. But I can see the Browns needing to throw the ball. I mean, that offense didn't look great going in or during the game last week because they didn't score an offensive touchdown, as far as I'm aware. I think there was um, like three, fumbles. Three defensive and, and special teams, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a weird game. But I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones can be that guy um, across from Amari Cooper and... Uh, we've seen Deshaun Watson be able to hold up multiple guys in uh, production. So um, maybe it's a little bit early on Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I think that this is a matchup where they're going to need to throw the ball against this Bengals team. So hoping that that goes towards Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. So, Rich, that is everything we have on the show. Is there anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, that's it for me. Best of luck this week. Hope you uh, all secure those playoff spots. Indeed, make sure you do um, secure those playoff spots. But until next week, guys, have a great week and we'll see you then. Bye, guys.
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 